0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Sustainable Conversations on the Broom Wagon because as cyclists we really need to take care of our environment and even if we think that we are green superheroes powered by raw food we can for sure do better. I mean, we really can. Thanks a lot for listening to this other episode and because Sustainable Conversations is on the Broom Wagon I'm still your host, I'm Stefano Calamaro and thanks a lot for the feedback that I received after the first episode of the third season of the Sustainable Conversations talking with Jan from Grab. A lot of super nice comments arrive, and I would say that I'm super happy for being powered this episode with somebody that is so much part of the community that I really care of, like you people the community that I'm talking with and if you know somebody who is also part of this community but still didn't get the opportunity of listening to the broom wagon podcast well probably it's time to share this episode with them thanks a lot Komoot for supporting also this part of the season so for supporting the sustainable conversations and the broom wagon in everything like it is now and go and check out in their social media because they just published something really cool that is all the new features that they developed in this 2022 easy to say up here my favorite feature was for sure the trail view because i really like go downhill on mountain bike trails with my gravel bike i probably should stop it That's not what we were to talk about today, but we want to talk about still sustainability and everything related to that. But another thing that I want to say thank you and I will ask your support about is down in the description below, you're gonna find my coffee link. And because I'm already planning next season, season number six of the Broom Wagon, your support will be super appreciated because it's gonna help me keeping the Broom Wagon sustainable for sure, but also independent. And I know that you like, as it is right now and I really like as it is right now so if you want to drop me some coins or just pay me a coffee down in the description below is the place to be. This conversation started a few months ago at Eurobike I was actually in between jobs also a bit frustrated but what about what happened in uh, that part of my career so I said okay you know what I'm gonna drop everything I'm gonna do I'm gonna take off a couple of days Of the job that i was leaving and i'm gonna go to your bike no matter what because there is gonna be where i'm gonna find people that i'm gonna like that's where i actually met irene thanks to daniele of the vitamina c pr agency and yes irene from elastic interface a lot of things about sustainability were there and the point of having her on the broom wagon and on the sustainable conversation was a no-brainer. We met again, we talked, and here is the result of it. What do you think about it? So, first of all, everybody, thanks a lot for being here and tuning in for the Sustainable Conversation. Probably episode two, I don't know. But actually, we are rolling around this topic for a bit of time. For sure, we're talking about sustainability and stuff, but I'm bouncing all the time into my guest of today or basically the brand where she works quite some time all the time that we talked i know actually people that are telling me hey yeah we work with <clears> or we yes we are in collaboration with or uh, my guest as well of t- i mean i think i'm talking too much about my guest the thing that i want to say is that it seems like our roads are crossing a lot of time and that's why you're here and not totally about that hi rene how are you doing
1: hi stefano thank you and it's nice to be here um yeah we're basically in uh, everyone's uh, beep shorts, or <laughs> almost
0: everyone, and
1: we're the chevy makers. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I mean, why
0: I'm saying that because for sure, I mean, it happened a couple of weeks, three, four weeks ago that I was actually at the office of Albion in UK, in London. And they were showing me uh, their new bib line and inside there was actually your chamois. Before, everybody of you listened already, also in the last season of Sustainable Conversation, that they talked with Iris Slapendel of Iris, yeah. the brand. She's also with you. I'm not going to mention anything else because actually we're talking only about people that are around my closest, but that's what you do, right? You just make any ride a bit more comfortable.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's our mission, to make your ride comfortable and to let you, let's say, ride in your best performance. So this is our uh, very core mission.
0: Perfect. We're going to talk a lot about, yes, your mission and also your eye on sustainability and everything. But basically, maybe the best way to start and to kick off the conversation, Irene, is give us a little intro about you and your role into the company, all these kind of little things.
1: Well, I'm a communication and CSR specialist, so um, today we're gonna focus on my CSR part Absolutely. of the work yeah. <laughs> and I've worked in elastic interface for for six years now. And let's say my colleagues are always trying to turn me into a cyclist, but for now I only enjoy short rides and the chilling mood after on the after ride so this is it for me right now (laughs) so yeah they they haven't managed to to turn me into a cyclist yet but i really like to listen to cyclists and understand their needs and help them achieve their best performance and ride and experience every on their bike
0: that's great So, basically, you're saying that so you're a bit more of a chiller rider, so basically you enjoy exactly. being out a bit on the bike, maybe lunch break, and then enjoying something like good food after it, and uh, the exactly. little shitty chats during the ride.
1: Exactly. Beers. That's the way. That's the way. <laughs> yeah.
0: What's the ratio, by the way, in uh, elastic interface between cyclists and non-cyclists? How many cyclists? I mean, what's the majority there?
1: Oh, well, most of them, most of my colleagues, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 They love to test the products and have them ready uh, for the cyclists out there to, to ride on them, so, of course. And what's the best It's that the key roles, they, just like R&D and the product, are very passionate cyclists. And we also have a colleague in the warehouse department that he's been riding like for 50 years now.
0: Wow. All the yeah. time with the same Shami
1: no No, i would say no i, I should
0: stop i mean Irene, just tell me to stop <laughs> tell me just to stop because i think that i can go around with these dead jokes forever today i'm gonna stop it now let's be serious so elastic interface you're really into the market for a long time and actually pioneering tech is kind of into your core for most of the time how everything started
1: well, it all started from the, the two founders. They were already passionate cyclists as well, and they were working in the cycling industry. And they, find out, they found out that um, the chamois itself wasn't working very well for the cyclists. So they started studying and with the university and developing, and they found out and they developed this first elastic chamois. This is, which was uh, the first four-way elastic chamois. And then from there, it was only growth and innovation. From there to the anatomic chamois, to the, our latest innovations that we presented this year at Eurobike, that's the first 3D printed insert. And also, we are now uh, diversifying, and we presented like four years ago the first palm, for your hand so it has the same concept of the chamois and we call it the chamois for your hand um, because it's the second interface of the body with the bike and we want to protect that as well so yes
0: so basically the contact points usually are for sure your bum then your hands and then your feet are you planning also something for your feet for the shoes or not yet
1: let's see that <laughs> no
0: comment <laughs>
1: Well, it's easy to imagine, isn't it?
0: I I, I will stay here and wait for it pretty quickly, let's say, let's it this way. (laughs) All the conversation that we started, actually, uh, I will start from there, yes. All the conversation that we started, remember, we were both at the Eurobike and I was actually walking there. I mean, I had a little push uh, on that let's say, in our conversation. But actually, yes, was uh, was everything there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was walking there and actually I stopped because I remember that there was this project that you were showing there and it was called um, Imperfect, Time Perfect. And actually, it really caught my... I and uh, my imagination, because the design was great, the storytelling was great. And because of that, we started talking about sustainability before going to any single project or from the project over there and really material and stuff. Let's start, first of all, from the approach. I mean, at Elastic Interface, you really like to go deeper into topics and sustainability for you is a broader spectrum of um, conversation, not only producing um, the best bibs or the best sham in the world with recyclable fabrics or recycled fabric and sustainability, sustainable material and everything like that. But it's a bit broader here again, how everything started and where are you at the moment?
1: Well, it has been like part of our DNA since the very beginning. Um, Everything started with uh, an overall uh, approach about respect and care for people and for the environment and society. So not only, uh, let's say, let's do business, but let's do business in the right way, in in an ethical way, in a respectful way. So this was always the way that we operated and what um, our founders taught us. So it was only a matter of time then uh, we realized and we started take care and be aware of our environmental impact as well. So let's say we have a broader approach to quality, respect and quality, Um, quality of the product, of life, of human resources here. Um, So that's it for us. It's about respect and care.
0: Yeah. I mean, this approach is just lovely. Actually, we're going to go through a bit of these topics. uh, But the cool thing is that you don't focus, as I was saying, I don't want to be super harsh uh, there, but the point is that, and that's why actually the sustainable conversation and here we want to talk a bit more about approach and not only about material where the things are built. Because now we are in 2022, global warming, we cannot get Read of it not easily at least and uh, because the topic is there many people are really talking about the, in my opinion just the basis of uh, how to produce things and then using recyclable material and all this kind of thing but this looks like just as I was saying. For me, is the basis. Uh, you can you can go with it already pretty easily, and you don't need to advertise it so much. It's everything that is actually built on top of it. So add the technology, add the had a creative mindset of things, and also add a bit of a culture and education side of it. And that's exactly why we are talking today. So Elastic Interface is trying to put into the market, into the culture of your employees as well as the people that are around you and also some events. And so the people yeah. that are taking part to these events on this kind of approach, respect. And they really, really love it because, I mean, that's the right word. If you respect the place where you're riding and I don't want to say anything more than actually um, other, blurb, other um, claims are saying, but we like to ride and we need to respect where we ride because we need to keep it. And that's exactly actually the approach that seems like Elastic Interface is giving to the world.
1: Yeah, exactly. And as we were saying, it's a more like... Um, If you care for people, and then you start caring for everything else, you know, about the environment, the society. So that's our approach. And this is why in late June this year we became a benefit corporation because we wanted to include into our very DNA, which is our company statute, um, a couple of non-profit goals. Of course, we are still a, um, a for-profit uh, business, and we are a business we need to, uh, to live, but um, we think it's essential that uh, we work for a better society and environment. So we put these goals into our statute. And yeah, this, uh, the themes, the goals we included are about the, of course, environment. So we want to reduce our, our environmental uh, footprint. And uh, we want to innovate our product in a more sustainable way. So the innovation of product is more towards sustainability and reducing the impact of our product. And then we go to the, let's say, social impact. So we want to promote sport as a healthy lifestyle and also as a way of promoting social inclusion and promoting, like let's say, safety of the cyclists and all the athletes that, that leave our environment. And then the last one is human resources. As I was saying, it all started with a very deep care for human resources and we want to include this into our uh, statute as well. So um, we want to enhance in everyone's um, skill and skills and uh, we want to uh, work for the wellness of our colleagues so that's why we included this topic into uh, the statute as well.
0: I mean, that sound I don't know, you mentioned really many of the pillars of this podcast because you're talking about inclusion, inclusivity is basically the biggest pillar of the Brun Wagon. Then you're talking about sustainability and the impact. And of course, you're talking about a different approach on things. And uh, that's exactly, I mean, how things shall be done at least uh, from the beginning and making it clear into the statute. So in papers, that's really the most important thing because it means being um, accountable of your own action. It's not just something that you're claiming, but something that you're doing it because it's there and you need to put something like... Also, at the end of the year, you have to be accountable for what you're doing and, uh, and that's really great.
1: Exactly. And, you know, you just can't uh, do good um, because you wanted to but you have a long-term, uh, let's say, commitment and this is, I don't know, the best thing, I think, um, because it's not a certification, you know, that you can get and then you can choose not to or anything else or, I don't know, choose not to have any anymore. Um, It's just a commitment. So, yeah, we're quite proud of this. <laughs>
0: you should you absolutely yeah. should and I, mean, and I mean you should be proud of it because it's really it's really great can i start actually on the other way around from the topics that we discussed before and then i want to really to talk about this approach that you're having on your human resources so you are really approaching a bit more the employment side From a different point of view enabling people of getting their best and feeling good in the environment where they are working and also promoting a lifestyle and healthy lifestyle can you go a bit deeper into that
1: well uh, let's say it's a series of action that actions that we do uh, to improve our colleagues um, wellness and um, and welfare as well so Talking about actions, uh, we do have some flexibility at work. So we can, let's say, uh, use our lunch break to do some sports. We have two changing rooms that we can use and we can have a shower in between. So um, we can use this time to, to, let's say, have a healthier lifestyle as well. Um, this year we started with a pilot project of yoga classes because it's been like uh, quite a stressful years uh, these past two years so we wanted to listen to our colleagues and uh, we did a sort of a, of a survey and we asked them what could help them with the stress man- management and it turned out that yoga was the, the best solution for everyone so we started like almost a month ago with the, with this project, and everyone's loving it. So yoga, flexibility at work, or let's say we have also welfare program, so we can, uh, let's say we have some money, it's one of, uh, everyone's have some money that can use for cultural events or uh, let's say trips um, or other activities that are not only at work. And what, what also, well, we're always trying to listen mostly to people and care for, for, for their wellness. So if someone needs a part-time working hours, then we try, we always try to give the possibility to, to use them. So let's say it's a, an attention and care for people first. So we say that usually um, human resources are the first customer of a of a business. You know, if they are well and they feel welcomed, then they do more for the for the business.
0: Absolutely. No, and actually, the cool thing that you are saying is that actually, really having these. Um, yes, you talked about yoga classes and yeah. having these yoga classes. Into the working hours and actually helping okay. people release the stress or whatever—it's super interesting. Especially because most of you are cyclists, and a cyclist without yoga and so without flexibility, it would su- he or she they would suffer they would suffer for sure. So it's a good thing. And also the other side means a lot about uh, caring, taking care of your employees so that actually they can really take the most advantage out of things and not only thinking about work like, Oof, it's Monday, I cannot ride my bike
1: exactly <laughs>
0: exactly yeah, it, it makes, uh, makes really a lot of sense talking about also environment also flipping around all the conversation um we were discussing as well um actually and i was reading through your papers that um you are also supporting some cultural regional environmental um events and actually the thing that actually popped up into my mind is uh, the lost in pre-alps yeah. this event that is complete I don't want to say super harsh again, but actually it's completely unstructured. And um, That's why I love it, because the mean is discover the pre-Alps and being in an environment that is always for sure getting less lights and flashlights than, uh, I don't know, other parts of Italy, especially there on your side. So that could be exactly the south of Veneto or even going a bit higher, going into the, the Alps themselves and the mountains pre-alps are just amazing and pristine place they needed a bit of support and discover especially in the way that we really like that is cycling how are you actually in collaboration and how you support lost in pre-alps this as i was saying this amazing event that probably everything should do once i didn't even if actually the organizer are pushing me to do it basically every year uh and i'm bad i didn't do it but how are you supporting <laughs> that and then i will stop saying that i didn't go there but i should
1: <laughs> well first we'll wait for you here next year <laughs> I will
0: try to I will try I don't know why but it happens all the time that while uh, there is the Lost in pre I have something else to do and uh, yeah next time next time
1: <laughs> well we've supported Lost in pre since the very beginning the, it was this guy Manuel Gatto and he is the founder and he is a passionate passionate cyclist. Uh, he he used to test uh, some of our products as well, and he came up with this idea with, um, with the vision of let's say enhancing the pre Alps, which are the very first mountains, and they're like next to the Prosecco hills. So it's like this beautiful area, and um, that people don't even notice because even even myself um, when I was younger. Um, I used to really, let's say, um, go away from it. And I'm actually from that area itself. (laughs) And then growing older and then, I don't know, you stop uh, for a while and you start thinking and you appreciate more nature. So I started to see how how beautiful this area was. And so we really up the idea of Manuel, and he started with uh, this very crazy um, two-day bikepacking uh, riding. And right now, it's like it's still a two-day event. And he, let's say, make it shorter, but you still go up there in the mountains, and then you go down.) <laughs> You still do. it's still a crazy a crazy event. And yeah, we just love the idea of um, of let's say enhancing this area and we wanted to support it. So we started and we keep doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah
0: yeah Uh, because actually yeah just to give a couple of sets there for you then for sure manuel maybe at a certain point also has to come here and discuss about his Mm -hmm. own project that is completely unstructured but super beautiful it's basically two days as you were saying um on the pre-alps of veneto so we're talking about more or less the treviso area exactly yeah and uh, i mean it's just that you have a track for sure you can follow it or not but basically it's no classification no time nothing you're just going there and explore your area and be sure that probably you can have a good night of sleep or not or whatever you want to do but just to enjoy the area with the bike at the right really at the right pace no pushing and nothing no competition there just time to explore
1: exactly you only have let's say two checkpoints one at the beginning and then one at the half of the ride. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you, it's like a circle. And when you come back, of course, you need to check um, again. So, and then in the middle, you can do whatever you want. You just need to get there at some point and have a beer, enjoy the view because it's very beautiful. You're like on top. And if you're lucky and the weather's good, then you can see Venice, you know? So it's yeah. very beautiful. Panorama,
0: yeah, yeah, and that's exactly the thing, really, enhancing this area of Italy, but also on the other side, put a bit of sensibility of people like you that actually were I don't know were spending a bit of time there in the area, but never consider being there and being out the door, enjoying such a beautiful part, and that's exactly part as well of respect first, and also experience how cool is um, your backyard. And not only that, but at least how cool is actually areas that usually they're not so much considered in the, in the space of cycling, but at least exploring, even hiking or whatever it is. Because by knowing how cool is this parts that you don't know before or you didn't know before, basically you are really in a situation where you can really enjoy the outdoors a bit more and then have a little and a bigger eye on, uh, of respect on the nature itself and that's good that actually your company is really i mean elastic interface is really enhancing and embracing this cause
1: yeah and of course uh his project uh, manuel's project is about also let's say managing in a sustainable way the event so he's doing an audit as well on the event itself and so it's like very close to our values as well so we really love working with him and also let's say we want to in the very next future talk about let's say safety in the mountains for, for example because we only only we always talk about safety of cyclists on the road but we don't consider uh, unsupported cyclists that go up in the mountains and they need to ride safely you know Absolutely. so we want to talk about that as well and let's say promote the awareness on that as well
0: that's super awesome let's talk technology now we talked about the best part of cycling that is exploration now we need to dig a bit deeper into the technology let's start from what everything started in our conversation project impossible the thing that you are trying to do, and we're going to talk about that in a second moment, but for now, let's start from here, that you try to do a lot is for sure working with uh, sustainable material and fabrics, but the main thing is actually zero zero waste. So all the time, try to use all the machines and all the fabrics, all the material that you're having at their maximum. That's how impossible started. And I don't have it here, but I also have an amazing computer sleeve that you gave me there. Uh, This was one thing, but the impossible project, sorry, Uh, I'm going to say it again. the imperfect because i made a lot of mistakes and everybody knows it so the important thing is you don't do it if i do it it's fine uh the imperfect <laughs> okay. impossible is actually was this project of uh, polaroids that now oh, okay. got bought by Polaroid a few years ago. okay <laughs> imperfect so the imperfect project is basically try not to uh, try to get Uh, zero waste on it, reusing some scraps of the material that you were producing and put them together in order to have another chamois or the beautiful computer sleeve that I have.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, of course, as any other business, we do have some scraps and materials we don't use, just like leftovers at production. And... um, as we were saying, in a let's say path of awareness, we wanted to reduce our fabric to zero or to zero waste, or at least almost zero waste. Um, so we started studying before the fabrics and what we had, and how we could use them and reuse them. And we had this idea of the imperfect chamois, which is a patchwork chamois. It's uh, let's say. a high-end product of our range so it's a very it's a chamois made for long distances for example and it has this patchwork um, design so we could use um, fabrics from different productions and we could make it one Uh, So this allowed us to reuse the fabrics, and we're talking about uh, fabrics that were leftovers or they have, let's say, aesthetic imperfections, so not in the performance of the fabric, but only in the aesthetic. Then... Some fabrics do have some imperfection in their structure, so we wanted to reuse them as well. And we donated part of them to a nonprofit that's studying right now. They're studying how to make new clothes out of these fabrics. And then those ones that weren't used, um, we reintroduced them into the textile industry with a company that uses them for, let's say industrial machinery to clean the machinery so that was our first goal for the fabrics and then the laptop sleeves that you mentioned it's about let's say those are um, production scraps of the top of the chamois so when you look at the chamois you can see that's a top with the fabric and a little foam and then you have the padding we use the the top of the of the chamois to make these laptop sleeves because we saw that they could protect something else and we started it with a non-profit again and they're working, let's say, with Alzheimer's um, people and um, also other disabilities and um, they started this laptop sleeve and we made it because it also has a social impact, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yes.
0: Still working with the environment, but working also on the social point of view of yeah. things. So really involve all the part of the of the community in order to yeah. do something good. Talking about, uh, still one second, about the Imperfect project. Yeah. So basically these Xiaomi are there and uh, some companies are getting them in order to incorporate with their BIB exactly how many of those and how many of those actually you serve on that is it a big part of the market a small part of the market and now is actually appreciated by the companies or by your clients
1: well some of them are interested they are working out um, they're trying to figure out how to include them into their collection for example because it's not easy once let's say a brand like Take it like for many years because they're cyclists, uh, like them. So they're studying um, how to include them. But we do have a couple of um, brands that are interested. Can't say the names yet, but I'm I gonna hope ask you off records. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, because I mean that's that's what I was telling you at the beginning. I mean, at the time that I jumped in and uh, I saw actually this project there that was really well visible at your booth, I said okay, that's nice. I mean, I would love to have a bib short or whatever, a bib tight that is really, I mean, with this chamois inside because this means a lot in terms of sustainability and mission and the message. And also this says also a lot about how high is the quality that you can produce and no matter what, you can still make a patchwork and the quality is anyway super high despite the fact that probably aesthetically would not be for everybody or for every brand
1: exactly exactly well let's see <laughs> we're gonna see. see i
0: think that actually at a certain point i'm gonna ask you also where we can find all your news and stuff and probably this is going to be part of some of your community some of your communication some of the yeah. another part of your job of course <laughs> yeah
1: um
0: still talking about production another thing that you uh, launched or at least you presented to the market and probably was this year because we talked about that also during the eurobike is the project eitn three X. How do you read yeah. it?
1: Yeah. Well, it's some of them read it like you. Some of them read it like next. Makes sense. It depends. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, eight <8x. laughs> X makes sense. Yeah. We are
1: the people to to read
0: it like as they want it <laughs> yeah i mean no that's nice that's nice it's also nice because actually usually your clients are uh, is a b2b company so basically they can really say whatever they want and then there's not so much brand involved in that so exactly. people cannot really <laughs> interpret it tell us more about it what is it because i think that this is really the pinnacle of sustainability and production of cycling pads
1: it is it's a new let's say It's a new game-changer to us, it's a new level uh, of innovation because um, it's a 3D-printed insert, so we're talking about the padding right now, and also it has a zero-waste production. So, 3D-printing, we studied the the structure of the foam, and uh, we, let's say, we started it with the University of Bologna in order to provide the best protection to the cyclist. And also we're talking about zero waste production because uh, we only print what we need, where we need it. So we don't have any waste in the production itself. And then if something goes wrong in the production of the insert, we can just melt the the material and use it again for a new insert. So zero waste. And the TPU that we use, it's bio-based as well. So, um, yeah, it's a very pinnacle of innovation, just like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And also the the protection that we can provide, it's something that we started with our know-how on the forms, on the R&D, and it's not something uh, provided from someone else and that we can use the machinery and, let's say, print padding. it's something that we designed with our 20 years of history so again it's something we're quite proud of and it took a lot of effort to to develop so oh.
0: yes and now actually the market reacted because you presented as a it you presented it as a product standalone right but then this product is not really complete if not integrated with an item a cycling clothing item so did you already present it to your clients and now did they take this innovation on their side?
1: of course there are some of them some of our customers that are already interested in it and they really saw the technology inside and i don't know some many times in the 3d printing uh, a customer said like i saw a lot of 3d printing prototypes and 3d printing used for prototyping and then she said, like, right now I can see a 3D printed product that can really, really be used in a production bulk. So it's, it's very different from prototyping only, you know. So it, there's a lot of interest around it. Of course, it, it's a high-end technology for now, so we need to build the concept, and also brands need to build the concept around the bib short or the product uh, that they will. Uh, They will um, present but of course that's a lot of interest and of course the product itself it's very breathable and it provides a longer protection even compared to our padding so it's even a better product than our high-end products so
0: yeah I mean, that's a great point that I wanted to touch base quickly. And you were talking about durability. I mean, we are talking about shami, we are talking about padding, right? So padding, for sure, they have a lifetime span. At the end of it, probably you would not use it anymore because it's not going to be so comfortable. Or at least if you got something like something that before was protecting you or keeping yourself comfortable for 200 kilometers, let's say, let's talk about hours, six hours on the bike. Then after a few years, probably the six hour the hour become two or whatever it is. But that's exactly the thing. I mean, your technology is not only giving the people or the technology in general is not only giving people um, more sustainable product in terms of technology, but also in terms of durability. This is
1: exactly, exactly,
0: this is exactly the point of your uh, IET next, right? That's exactly. another point.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, of course, our products already... Uh, last uh, longer than the many others but um, this new technology puts like a higher limit in the protection itself and in in the durability because of course foams after a lot of writing after a lot of washing a lot of using you know of course it's a product and they just um, let's say how do you say that but They don't protect you you properly anymore. This product here, it's not foam. So it's a structure that protects you. So it will last very much longer than the foams.
0: That's great. Another thing that comes into my mind, and still talking about products itself, is... I mean, we know that actually basically the chamois is something that you attach to your garments, right? And until you probably you can have your recycled at the moment, I don't I didn't hear so much about recyclable as well uh, cycling garments and stuff. But as soon as actually you want to make everything really recyclable, it means that at a certain point you need basically to unglue to detach the chamois from the bib. Are you already thinking about something like this kind of technology that would help actually your clients to seal and unseal products easily and then reuse the products in this way?
1: It's a, Let's say it's a conversation uh, we're starting right now because, of course, it's one of our biggest challenges. The chamois itself is made of different materials and then it's sewn into a bib short. And this is very difficult for cyclists, for example, to rip off the chamois and recycle the fabric itself. So uh, it's something that we can work on our product itself to make it, let's say, simpler. And then we need also to, let's say, work together with our customers for the finished product. And it's one of the biggest challenges here. I can't deny it. So yeah. But you're thinking you're, about
0: that. That's, that's already the, the important yeah, part.
1: Yeah, we're we're already thinking about it. We're already working on researching materials that allow us to um, develop a simpler product as well. So yeah.
0: yeah. Partnership. I think this is a great word and it's a great topic because at the end of the day you're just part of the chain, right? I mean, exactly. the chain of production, you produce just your super specific and super high quality product. But of course, in order to be complete, this needs to go into a complete kit or at least into the bit, right? Yes. And... For this reason, you are pretty, I mean, you're pretty keen, you're pretty strong, and you're pretty advanced in the sustainability topic and sustainability conversation. But how do you feel is the sensibility also of your clients there? Because, I mean, I don't want to be, again, uh, a bit rush and unrational there, but you can even produce the most sustainable and look i mean uh, forward thinking shamie in the world that is made of sustainable material with sustainable energy and all these things but at the end if this ends up into a product that is not sustainable in the material or maybe it's just for example produced with uh, not the best co2 on uh, footprint co2 footprint there or better on the other side is not completely durable as a thing or maybe just even it's just marketed as something that should last only one season then your job is not really effective so you spend a lot of effort on something that then is not received by the market how is actually the sensibility of the clients and do you choose also whom to work with also according to this the sustainability topic or you just need to work together and find the perfect solution for all of you
1: let's say we need to work together and um, let's say, brands are more and more sensitive to the matter, of course. Uh, some of them are more sensitive than others, but all of them are working towards, let's say, um, reducing their impact. Um, what we really believe in is, uh, let's say, giving the example. So even if someone is not really sensitive to these kind of uh, topics, and... Um, we, we just start. So we gave them a sustainable solution. We even, let's say, with the very first, I think, recycled fabric, we did that. We launched it, the, the first recycled fabric that we had. And then the next year we applied um, the recycled uh, fabric to all um, of to the, to the entire range of our fabrics. And that wasn't a choice that we gave to our customers, we just said, that's it. We're going to go with the recycled fabrics. we're going to, let's say, pay a part of the increasing. Of course, there was an increasing uh, in, an increase in price. So we're going to absorb a part of the increase, but we're going to go with the recycled fabric. And this is it, I think. Uh, even if someone's not really, let's say, sensitive to, to these kind of topics, then they will get there
0: it's just a matter of the example yeah
1: sometimes
0: yeah yeah exactly true so something like telling people that look is possible and it's even pos it is possible even if it's more uh expensive and because we believe that actually this opens a new idea and a new market and a new possibility for the consumer itself apart from for the respect of our own hurt and uh, this is doable even if the, even if we cover the cost because actually the market is there and uh, exactly. it's the market we want to stay. That's super amazing. I mean, that's uh, super important because probably this one is also an approach this way better than just telling people, if you're not sustainable, we are not going to work with you. It's a bit yeah, more, no, we can do no, it, why don't exactly. you do it as well? It's a bit yeah, more, and... come on board. We are a good and merry company. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, that's um, nice. Yeah.
0: Last thing that I want to say, and then we're going to go a bit more through uh, the vision and the future. Last thing that I want to say, and I mean, we're talking anyways about super futuristic and visionary things that you are doing that are super amazing. And I'm astonished that actually you are going to do uh, this kind of thing for something so specific, because usually people think... This is only thing that actually are good if uh, pushed into the marketing uh, washing machine. I'm a marketer myself, so I can see this <laughs> point. Uh, <Yeah. laughs> but actually, no. Also in the B2B, it's completely doable, and that's super nice that the company like yours do we do these kind of things. And especially in terms of production. So we talked a lot about material, we talked a lot about approach, we talked a lot about culture. But also, you are trying to be sustainable in terms of production and energy right in your production site and your production plant tell us more about that
1: so we are uh, let's say um, installing a uh, photovoltaic system in our offices as well and in our production is already working um, but in the offices we want to promote uh, the sustainable mobility so it's not it's not only about photovoltaic systems and the energy that they, they can provide but in the sustainable mobility first and the promotion of this kind of um, mobility. And of course, we're all cyclists. So what's a better way of cycling to work when, when it's possible?
0: So you're really trying to enhancing and I would not say pushing, but facilitating people to come to the office or move also in their daily life or, I mean, yeah. yes, family life, I would say with a sustainable way of mobility so that can be for example cycling of course it's something but even just can be i don't know if you need a car and if you have a car it's okay but probably share the uh, share it with other people not coming by yourself at work and all these kind of things
1: right exactly and it will be part of our future project as well um yeah of course just like we were saying earlier we need to promote sustainability among our colleagues first and then the change will come. So that's give a little push there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, how,
0: and how are you actually trying, I mean, trying, how are you actually facilitating this process? Are you giving incentives? I don't know, something like bike to work or there is this thing, I think it's in Germany, it's called... Uh, job rad that basically the company is buying you a bike and then you can repay it through your payslips without taxes or stuff like this are you doing something similar to that or is it just a cultural thing
1: you know we're working on that, and we, we we plan to give some benefits as well, of course. And that uh, that you said and you talked about, it's a quite a good idea. <laughs> so thank you for the input. Group wagon <laughs>
0: Consulting in mobility, <laughs> exactly. we opened the door. No, I wanted actually also to ask you if this is only a project that you have in terms of mobility of your employees, or you're also thinking about also the the delivery of products or the moving of products. From your plant, for example, to your clients and stuff. Also, this one you're thinking about a sustainable way of delivering products or not? Well, at.
1: of course. Uh, of course, it will be part of our improvement plan, that kind of uh, action as well. Um, we're already working with suppliers that are close to us. Um, let's say 68% are within 100 kilometers. That's super amazing. Then
0: that's lower. yeah <laughs> sorry when I read this one in your documents I said that's insane it's so cool that you have everything so local and because again yeah. we're talking about super specific products and super specific suppliers and yeah. having everybody there it means that you nurture the community in a proper way in order to have it
1: yeah exactly and if we talk about let's say the circle of 250 kilometers we reach out to more than 90 percent of our suppliers so we're like all made in Italy and um, let's say quite kilometer zero. Can you say that in English more or less?
0: Kilometer zero, (laughs) let's say kilometer 250. That sounds not maybe as good (laughs) as kilometer zero, but it's if people that are listening to that, there are people that know what we're talking about, so supply chain and everything, it sounds really super good.
1: Okay, (laughs) so yeah, and we wanna keep working on that, let's say, keep our uh, suppliers Close to our productions of course um yeah because otherwise as you were saying you produce something and then you move it like to the other end of the world and then you take it back so it's not very sustainable yeah
0: i remember (laughs) once i felt super guilty because i bought some socks yes because they were super good and i didn't read through the line it was five or six years ago and i brought these socks from canada And then I read the label that they arrived after probably three months. I read the label and these were made in Italy. So basically from Switzerland, so five years ago, from Switzerland, I bought socks from Canada that were already coming from Italy. So that's something that should change at a certain point. It's cool to have a globalization and to have designs from all over the world, but at least of having shared warehouse and stuff, especially for sales that are made in, at least in Europe and US and Asia.
1: Yeah, and it's about optimization also. So if you really cannot keep it close to you, let's say monitor and measure your impact and do something to reduce your impact, which is part of our plan as well. Of course, we're talking about businesses. So um, you need to, uh, let's say, think about your business and then plan and act to reduce your impact. More.
0: a question that pops up into my mind straight away now i mean we were having this conversation of records before we were talking about the fact that you are really um, distributing and serving basically all over the world and i know that is a bit more of a cheap question to ask but for sure i want to know from somebody first time that really works with a good part of the world, this kind of thermometer of stuff on sustainability. Uh, do you think that there are some countries or geo areas or maybe categories of products that are more sensible to the sustainable topic than others? Or you think that actually this is here and there a topic that is really developing a bit more unanimous to into the cycling market at least, because we're talking about cycling.
1: Well, of course, there are some brands that are, let's say their own mission is about environment and I think we all know and I don't know, I don't need to tell you the name um, but yeah I think fashion itself has has been growing uh, in the awareness here and there's a lot of that there's a lot of work to do right now of course that's a long way but we really need pay attention to how we we buy things and do we really do we really need some fashion clothes that we use only for a season and then we get rid of them so I think fashion need to needs to to have let's say more the environment um issue mm-hmm. yeah
0: makes sense makes of course, sense yeah. But you're not telling. So basically, you don't see difference between all over the world, between I don't know something like Australia and uh, I don't know, and yeah, some other parts of Europe. Let's say Um, Central Europe.
1: I I can see that some parts of the world are, let's say, more sensitive to the environmental issues, for example, and some others, just like Australia, for example, they are quite. they pay a lot of attention to the social part as well. They Mm. do a lot of actions on the the social sustainability. So I think we are quite focused on the environment right now and some other, um, let's say Australia, but also maybe the north of Europe, they have, let's say, a broader approach to sustainability right now.
0: That makes a lot of sense. This is exactly the same approach that you're trying to have and to embrace a bit more in the total way. So attention to the social part of respect, as you uh, as you actually mentioned, and uh, also to the sustainable nature and environmental part of the respect.
1: Yeah, and of course, the environment is the urgent matter here, of course. So we, we really cannot forget about it and everyone needs to, to, to do their part. I mean... We can't forget about society or, or governance as well. I mean, governance is also a really important part of of sustainability. Of course, do business in transparency with Absolutely. ethic, of course.
0: Yeah, so. no, yeah, yeah. It uh, it makes a lot of sense, and actually, that's why. I mean, that's exactly what we are seeing and what we are talking about. Having something like. Um, responsibilities and being accountable on the action that you are taking. That's why you need to write documents every year and tell and write the, your thing in your statutory documents so that actually every year you can really check. Okay, what did we do? How did we improve? What is a blocker? What are the learnings? Making it yes. and making it official to be accountable and to have a bit more of concrete learnings.
1: Exactly. And this is going to be, let's say, our future measure and plan in a lo- medium to long term our actions. Because right now in our conversation, Stefano, we talked about what we do and let's say all the good things that we do, but we really need to plan and measure And this is where the benefit corporation kicks in because you need to, you have to, and you're, let's say, obliged by the law when you decide and you choose to become a benefit corporation. It's also part of our, um, let's say, um, uh, commitment, but it's also part of the law. So, yeah, this is going to be our future. Let's say, do a really good impact and measure it and be sure that we're doing an impact.
0: You saw this coming, I think, and that's why it's the last <laughs> question that I want to ask you. What's the plan for the future? Do you have a couple of things that you can mention? or We talked a lot about already what is going to be your future and your focus in the future. But do you have a couple of things that we're excited of or a couple of things that you believe are going to be quite bright, maybe harsh, maybe challenging, but right for the future of Elastic Interface in terms of all this commitment that we talked about?
1: Well, it's all gonna be about the planning and making sure that making an impact is real, and it's about our strategy and not just let's say doing good because you want to, but because you have a vision in a long term so and this is gonna be like it's exciting, it's also very um let's say um challenging to me. <laughs> But it's very exciting because you get to measure everything and have a clear idea of what your goals are and where you stand and what you can do with the resources that you have. So, yeah.
0: Nice. So, anything else that you want to add or wherever we can find your communication and news and updates?
1: Well, you can find us in our website, of course. So www.elasticinterface.com and in social medias, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn.
0: That's super nice. Irene, great pleasure to have you here and talk so concretely about topics that from time to time are there, but are a bit fluffy. There was no fluffiness here today. It was just (laughs) concrete action and it was super great. Thanks a lot for our chat.
1: Thank
0: you, Stefan. It was a pleasure to be here. Great.
1: Ciao, ciao. Ciao,
0: ciao. You have listened to Sustainable Conversation powered by the Broom Wagon podcast. If you like this episode, just share it with your friends or rate five star in the application that you're using to listen to it. I would really, really appreciate it. And everybody would do it as well. If you want to know more about the show and everything else, Broom Wagon Podcast on the Instagram is the way to go, or Calamaro CC, my personal Instagram account. Thanks a lot Komut for sustaining and supporting this mini-series as well as the old season of the broomwagon Podcast and talk to you next week.